welcome to Unsupervised Learning. I'm Daniel Meisler, and this is a show that explores trends in security, technology, and society, and thinks about what might be coming next. I spend between 5 and 20 hours a week consuming books, papers, articles, and podcasts, which I turn into a concise 15 to 30 minute summary with analysis. There's a summary episode every Monday morning, as well as standalone episodes that are either me exploring an idea or discussing one with a guest. The goal is twofold to give you a concise update on the most interesting things happening around the world, and to explore ideas that hopefully give you something to think about. All right, welcome to episode 241. Starting off security news, Clearview AI has a new contract with ICE to provide licenses for a division that focuses on cross-border criminal activity. And this is currently being investigated by the ACLU, And Clearview AI has just procured a lawyer who specializes in the First Amendment. So there's a bunch of legal battles around this. And in the meantime, ICE has uh, decided to do more business with them. The NSA and FBI have jointly released information on new Linux malware called Drovorub. Drovorub, I guess. Produced by the Russian group called Fancy Bear, which is also known as APT28. This is the same group that targeted the 2016 elections, but they evidently haven't seen any connection to that yet. But the malware is evidently very good at hiding, and they're concerned because there's a lot of Linux being used within DoD and other sensitive agencies. The thing I love about this story is that it's continued cooperation between FBI, NSA, and other government organizations in the U.S. to just release and drop and burn basically this high quality malware that they're seeing in the wild before they basically were so quiet, they wouldn't say anything, but because of that, you know, they weren't burning the malware that was being used by these foreign adversaries. And now they are, and it's it's pretty glorious. India is planning a new health initiative that gives every Indian a health ID card that keeps all their health data in one place. Definitely ambitious, and that's good to see, but I really worry about the protection of the backend database for this thing. Don't really think it's a question of whether it gets compromised, but rather when it gets compromised and by whom. Most likely China, who already doesn't like India anyway. Vulnerabilities. 15 new security patches for SAP, including a CVSS 9 XSS vulnerability in NetWeaver. Citrix has new critical vulns in its endpoint management system. Over 30 vulnerabilities have been found in some common CMS applications like SharePoint and Confluence. And the research was actually done by my buddy Alvaro Munoz over at GitHub and Alexander Miroche at Microfocus Fortify, which is where I knew Alvaro from. So very cool research, guys. If you're one of the people still running vBulletin, then you need to patch this patch that was previously patched. It's for an O-Day that bypasses auth and lets people run code on your bulletin board. But it also might be time to get off of PHP-based bulletin boards. Although, as I say that, I'm not really sure what the alternatives are. Acrobat and Reader have new flaws, 11 of which are critical. And got a link here to Tripwire's August patch Tuesday analysis. Companies, 
Adaptive Shield is an Israeli startup focused on securing SaaS applications, and they just raised $4 million to do that. And the way they work is by constantly monitoring an application's security settings and letting you know if they change or break policy. Which makes a lot of sense. There's a lot of knobs and levers that people could pull on these applications, and a lot of people go in and turn those knobs and pull those levers themselves and basically break their own security using admin functionality that they have. So it makes sense for a security software to look at those settings and see if people are actually hurting themselves. So I expect this to be pretty common in the future. Probably be built into the products, actually, right? You won't need a third party to do that at some point. Technology news. Trump has given ByteDance 90 days to either sell its U.S. business to a U.S. company or to shut it down. And China is very upset about this. And they are suing. I think multiple people are suing. But yeah, evidently 90 days either uh, has to get bought or it shuts down. Many startups seem to be bouncing back from the lockdown faster than most expected. And a big part of that recovery seems to have come from many of the companies pivoting to doing business online instead of having people show up at the door. But Yelp has seemingly contradictory data, however, showing that more than 80,000 small businesses permanently closed between March 1st and July 25th. And the American Bankruptcy Institute says they think 2020 totals for bankruptcies could be up around 36% from last year. California said Uber and Lyft need to classify their drivers as employees. And both companies said that if that happens, if that goes through, they'll have to shut down for an unspecified amount of time. I think each company might have given a different amount of time, but they basically said, yeah, we can't, we can't do this. We need to think about this and we'll be shutting down in the meantime. And so we'll have to see, you know, who, uh, who dodges first in that game of chicken. Amazon is about to incorporate podcasts into Amazon Music and Audible. Google is turning Android phones into a global earthquake sensor network, which is super awesome and exactly the type of stuff that Google is great at and I want to see them do more of. I spent a lot of time being mad at Google and talking bad about them on the podcast, but this is a great project and they have many other projects that are great like this. The U.S. has opened a major radio band up for use by 5G providers, which will help the rollout in America because we didn't really have that much open space. So this was, I believe, some kind of military band, and uh, the Trump administration took it back and is uh, auctioning it off to providers. Mozilla is laying off around a third of its staff, and I'm really worried for Firefox, and obviously for the people who got laid off as well. And I was already worried about Firefox because they went from basically being on top of the entire world when they took over from IE to currently having around 8% of the market, and Chrome is totally dominated with around 70%. Neural Love is a company that provides AI enhancements to video footage adding fixes, color, resolution, and actually increasing the frame rate as well. And I just rewatched the one from 1906, which happened five days before the earthquake. And the very end of the clip, 
which is super awesome in color. But the very end of the clip actually has the day after the earthquake and it's on Marcus street from the exact vantage point of the video from the five days before. And it's unbelievable. You should check it out. Got a link here in the newsletter show notes. Companies Adam wise is a ML based drug discovery company and they just raised 123 million. They currently have around 750 projects in progress around the world and gong which is gong.io, unfortunate name, I have to say, is a company that uses AI to bring higher quality sales leads to sales teams, and they just raised $200 million. Human news. This is really nasty one. I, I struggle with how much bad news to put in these newsletters. I don't want to depress people, but at the same time, I am trying to capture the current state of the world, and this one is depressing. So nearly 41% of 5,412 people who responded to a late June survey, a CDC survey, this is a CDC survey, reported having at least one mental or behavioral health condition, which is three to four times higher than this time last year. So 41% reported having at least one mental or behavioral health condition. That is three to four X the number of last year. Almost 11% of U.S. adults said they'd seriously considered suicide in the last 30 days. 11%. And it's even worse for people 18 to 24 years old, 25%. So a quarter of people 18 to 24 years old said they had considered suicide in that 30-day period. These numbers are staggering to me. Absolutely unbelievable. Israel signed a historic peace deal with the UAE, which includes embassies, direct flights, and many other indicators of strong relations. And honestly, I'm rather surprised about this and ignorantly optimistic. I imagine... The mutual benefit here is being a unified force against Iran, but I don't know that space very well and I'm not following it. So just my guess. And the UK's economy shrank by 20% compared to the first three months of 2020 and is officially in recession for the first time in 11 years. And Russia seems so desperate for an international PR win that they're skipping their phase three trial for their Sputnik V COVID-19 vaccine. And they're starting with rollout to their population. So phase two, I don't think is actually completely done according to this article. They're kind of skipping ahead and finishing that early, which is supposed to be, I think, hundreds of people. I I can't remember the exact numbers that you do in phase two, but it's fairly large, especially compared to phase one. And phase three is supposed to be tens of thousands of people, but they're just skipping it and just going to roll it out. Putin says he already gave the vaccine to one of his daughters and that millions of people will get it like within a month or within this month. So it seems like blustering. It seems like bragging and just talking about how awesome they are. Who knows if they're actually going to roll out this much? Who knows if he actually gave it to anybody? Who knows if it's safe? Just seems all bad and a massive gamble. Now, 
it could be a great gamble. I mean, if it turns out to work as some sort of level of appreciable efficacy, then maybe it turns into a win. He starts making it en masse and shipping it around the world, but it just doesn't seem that likely. Tech workers are abandoning San Francisco in large numbers. Homes for sale have basically doubled over the last year. So basically twice the number of homes for sale compared to last year. Ideas, trends, and analysis. It appears that Instagram and similar tech has killed the fashion industry, or specifically the idea of fashion seasons and physical meetups for releases. And this has, of course, been exacerbated and accelerated by the COVID lockdown. Really great long-form article on this in the New York Times. And the three Bay Areas, a remarkably accurate description of the different social classes in the SF Bay Area. I did find a couple flaws with it. Like I, I, for example, don't fall into any of the three, and I know a lot of people who don't either, but the three definitely exist, and they're definitely very descriptive. Definitely worth checking out if you know or love the Bay Area. And a really cool short piece here called, If It's a Nice Problem to Have, Don't Solve It Now. So the example they gave was someone trying to build a tech product and, uh, you know, a website. And basically, if you don't have a user workflow for signup, then you do not have a nice problem to have. So you could just ask yourself, is this a nice problem to have? No, it's not. It's horrible. It means we can't do anything. And then the other one was, what if we don't have a great password reset function on the site? Well, when you compare those two problems, if you don't have any users, then a password reset function is a nice problem to have because it would mean that you had users. So I thought this was super smart. It basically said, don't even think about, don't even start messing with that other nice problem to have when you have other problems that are not nice to have. So that was basically the whole thing. Now you don't need to read it, but I have the link in the show notes. Updates. Deep diving into audio. So I just got completely silly with headphone audio. Went with the Focal Utopia headphones paired with the Focal Arch DAC amp combo, which before discounts was like seven grand. I figured I'm going to be at my desk for a very long time in the next many months or even years. So might as well dial up the audio experience to 11. Done similar things with microphone, monitors, speakers mattress, etc. Basically anything sight, sound, or comfort related, although I've not yet installed my new bidet toilet seat. Still need to do that. But the audio thing has been interesting. I basically relearned what an amp actually does at the tube and transistor level, watching a whole bunch of electric engineering videos on YouTube, and a whole bunch of audiophile basics via various YouTubers as well. I found a whole bunch of humble audio files, which you wouldn't think existed, but thanks to YouTube, you can find them. And I think that's as far as I want to go into the audiophile universe right now, because it's a black hole for your wallet and your attention. Yeah, like you could uh, spend a lot of time and a lot of money doing this stuff, but I settled on the Bowers and Wilkins Foundation series for my speakers, which are decent for my tiny apartment. And uh, this headphone setup is top of the line, unless I go for the most expensive in the world, which is the H1 setup by Sennheiser. 
And those things are $50,000. You go to the website and it says, here's how you buy these. You give us $10,000. You call our sales team and have an interview. And then we'll make them for you. And then you'll send us the rest of the money. (laughs) And I was like, no, thanks, Satan. Uh, Not today. That is uh, not within my budget or my mental capacity to spend $50,000 in headphones. Although, I mean, what I did spend was arguably very similar. So right now I'm having fun listening to high quality recordings of stuff I already really love. Like uh, just a whole bunch of stuff. Money from uh, Pink Floyd is pretty extraordinary. But mostly a lot of EDM, classical guitar, Natalie Merchant, a whole bunch of stuff. And I'm discovering new music that's famous for unbelievable recording quality. I actually read a whole bunch of posts that list like the top albums and the top songs. So I went and collected like 50 of those tracks. And most interesting so far has been Yossi Horikawa who creates these unbelievable soundscapes and with really great headphones and a good amp and DAC and everything, it just, just surrounds you. It's very clear. Plus I got into rune before, so I'm pulling really high quality sources like 24 bit audio and stuff like that. And, uh, right before I uh, started recording when I was writing, I was listening to flack EDM out of Europe via rune, which is extraordinary. And if any of you are audiophiles or partially audiophiles, I am still a noob, but definitely having fun with this and feel free to reach out. We can geek out about it. Discovery. The Aura Health Tracking Ring continues to get great press. I got a link here that you should check out if you're thinking about it. I still wear mine after having it for months, which is a strong endorsement by itself. Most of these gadgets I kind of give up after a few days or a few weeks and uh, either return them or just put them in a box somewhere. Biggest thing for me right now is I can track my sleep with it while my watch is charging. And I do like the app, although I usually use my own uh, mobile phone's operating system to look at health data. But yeah, it's a really good piece of um, wearable tech. It's like the only wearable tech I've actually used except for my watch. Next one here, if your email is hacked, everything is. I think pretty much every security person knows this, but it is a good article to send to others to explain why securing your email is most important. Actually, this is just a Medium post, but uh, I noticed a little bit earlier, Brian Krebs did a piece that mentioned this as well. Always good to reinforce in your own mind. Make sure you have it locked down, but most important should give this to people who are not doing this well. Thoughts on how to scope web app pen tests? Got a guy here who takes stock ticker graphs and turns them into paintings. And they are fantastic looking. They kind of look, uh, I don't know, kind of like the 80s slash anime look, like that matte, really clear color kind of look. And I kind of want one, but I don't really care about any stock enough to memorialize it in that way. It's also just point in time, right? Because that that curve will change. You're just zoomed in on a particular thing. But imagine like a stock going, you know, being high, going down and coming back up again, but only to like half the level and then turn that into hills in the background. Then you have like a sunset over that or something. Really cool stuff. 
I mean, I, I can like a company that much, but not at stock price. So I don't think I'll be getting one, but still pretty cool. And learning Python for data science via Jupyter Notebooks. And I uh, got a really cool tweet here. Uh, I want to have an AWS region where everything breaks with high frequency. EC2 networks dropping packets, EBS volumes hanging and failing, entire AZs dropping offline, etc. If it breaks 0.001% of the time in US East 1, I want it to break 1% of the time in US Fail 1. AWS wish list. Not my tweet. I wish it were. It's quite good. And pseudo write. Use AI to generate realistic characters for your fiction. And the recommendation for the week is In Praise of Idleness by Bertrand Russell. I was going to link to a book, but then I remembered that the book I read this in was actually a compilation of essays. So the link here is actually to Harper's, which um, it just has the full article there for you to read it online. And this was uh, one of the essays that changed my life the most when I read it. I think it uh, helped me just focus on what the ultimate source of meaning is. I was kind of in that mode anyway at the time, but uh, really love Bertrand Russell for this. And this is a great essay in praise of idleness. And it was actually written, I think during the pandemic or no, it was written during the depression. So people were freaking out much like they are right now. And uh, he, he wanted to basically say, it's okay to, uh, to do kind of nothing. And that's when magic happens, basically. And the aphorism for the week. Only in the agony of parting do we look into the depths of love. Only in the agony of parting do we look into the depths of love. George Eliot. All right. Thanks for listening to this episode of Unsupervised Learning. The show is not supported by ads because I think they're annoying and toxic to the future of content creation. So if you enjoy the show, you can support it directly for just $5 a month or $50 a year, which is two months for free. Members get quite a few things. Most notably, they get the newsletter every week instead of just twice a month. They get access to the archives. They get access to the UL Slack community, where we have great conversations happening all week long. And members also get access to the UL Book Club, where we pick a book a month and talk about it live as a group. To become a member, just head over to danielmeisler.com slash subscribe. And thank you so much to everyone who's already a member. I truly appreciate every one of you. We'll see you next time.